Hey, this is Jonathan with Limitless Mindset, and this is my meta-analysis of vitamin B6, or as it's referred to commonly, niacin. I will use those two names interchangeably throughout my audio meta-analysis. And this, this is actually kind of an interesting nootropic. This nicotinic acid is the subject of a fairly heated debate over its possibly fantastic properties when it comes to anti-aging, schizophrenia, and alcoholism. It has been widely studied worldwide, both as a nootropic and general health-promoting agent, with nearly 400 human clinical trials published, and that's a significant number. That's nothing to nothing to scoff at. Its most prolific use is treating high cholesterol. This article is mostly going to focus on decoding what the human data is saying about vitamin B6 and how this squares up with the anecdotal experiences of the biohacking community. For more of my own personal experiences, thoughts, and comparisons, please see the uh, written video and um, reviews that I have linked on the meta-analysis article for this one, which is linked below this podcast somewhere. So what's the difference between niacin, niacinamide, and nicotinamide? Niacin turns into niacinamide in the body. Niacinamide is just a different name for niacin... uh, I'm sorry, let me restart. Nicotinamide is just a little bit different name for niacinamide. So there's not uh, a lot of difference there. They are also sometimes referred to as nicotinic acid, not to be confused with nicotine, which is the addictive agent in cigarettes. Yes, sometimes when it comes to chemistry and pharmacology, they they really do make it confusing on you by giving these things a bunch of different names that sound nearly the same, right? But you can keep it straight. Niacin is the form. That's usually what it is before it goes into your body, and then inside of your body, it becomes niacinamide or nicotinamide. Niacin and niacinamide share the same psychiatric benefits. Niacinamide does not cause a flush, which some may appreciate. Niacinamide is not a cholesterol hack like niacin. That's kind of an important difference. Niacinamide is more bioavailable an imperfect metaphor that should make sense to biohackers would be to say that niacinamide to niacin is what alpha-GPC is to choline. They all end up being converted into NAD plus and NADH, which are promising anti-aging agents. In the future, I hope to do a podcast devoted specifically to NAD+, because this is something that I think is going to be an up-and-coming anti-aging agent. Let's discuss the niacin flush. 
niacin will produce a warming, energizing sensation in your face uh, and skin for 15 to 30 minutes. If the niacin flush is too much for you, the following will reduce the sensation. You can take an aspirin, you can have a cold meal or drink, or you can just take it before a meal because some people reported online that it was not real pleasant. Interestingly, the niacin flush seems to be an indicator of general mental health. A 2015 Swedish study on schizophrenia stated, the small group of niacin, niacin non-responding patients exhibited an even lower overall test performance. Delayed niacin flush also correlated inversely with psychomotor function and IQ in the patients. So I may start offering vitamin B6 to the women I date. If they flush, then it's a good sign. If not, then I'll plan my escape. Sounds like a good strategy to avoid the crazies, right? History. This vitamin falls in the shadow of Abram Hoffer, PhD, a hotly debated character in the annals of psychiatric history. A YouTube search of Dr. Hoffer will produce several videos worth, worth watching of this charming old doctor harshly criticizing psychiatry for not curing the suffering but merely pushing pills. Conspiracy theories about the pharmaceutical psychiatric industrial complex abound in regards to Dr. Hoffer's ostensibly debunked studies. What's not debated is that he was a quintessential healer and highly committed to the advancement of orthomolecular medicine. Pellegra is a tragic vitamin deficiency disease that humans in poor and nutritionally deficient communities have suffered from since time immemorial. Niacin was discovered by an Austrian chemist in the 1800s who originally named it vitamin PP, as in Pellegra Preventing, since it cured the disease so effectively. Schizophrenia. Abram Hoffer, MD, conducted some double-blind studies in the 1950s curing schizophrenics with vitamin B3. This is hotly debated online, but definitely falls under the category of things worth trying if you're dealing with something as horrifying as schizophrenia. You can find a handful of reports of schizophrenics improving while taking niacin. For example, when I got myself out of the mental hospital, I read an article about Abram Hoffer's work with niacin and started taking 3,000 milligrams a day. It completely changed my life and is part of what continues to contribute to my better balance to this day at age 59. Another interesting account appears in a book published in 1998. His mom and dad somehow got him to take 
3,000 milligrams of niacin and 10,000 milligrams of vitamin C. Formerly a hyperactive insomniac, he responded by sleeping for 18 hours the first night and becoming surprisingly normal within days. I'd seen him before and I saw him after. I talked to his parents during the whole process. It was an astounding improvement. Dr. Hoffer recommends vitamin B6 along with niacin for schizophrenics. Alcoholism. In an interesting episode of history, Dr. Hoffer introduced the founder of Alcoholics Anonymous, Bill Wilson, to LSD therapy for alcoholics. That's right. Dr. Hoffer also introduced vitamin B3 to Wilson as an option for treating alcoholism. Quote, Bill was very curious about it and began to take niacin, three grams daily. Within a few weeks, fatigue and depression, which had plagued him for years, was gone. He gave it to 30 of his closest friends in Alcoholics Anonymous and persuaded them to try it. Within six months, he was convinced that it would be very helpful to alcoholics. Of the 30, 10 were free of anxiety, tension, and depression in one month. Another 10 were well in two months. They went on to conduct studies on much larger groups. The data produced was very optimistic. A five-year longitudinal field trial of nicotinic acid was conducted on 507 known alcoholics to determine what effects and benefits might result. Our experience strongly suggests that nicotinic acid can benefit 50 to 60 percent of alcoholics in the organic stage. Nicotinic acid can benefit about 30 percent of the total alcoholic population. Niacin is an inexpensive and potentially transformative option worth the consideration of those struggling with alcoholism. Trauma survivors. Another interesting case study is that of a Canadian officer that suffered for four years in a Japanese concentration camp in World War II. Dr. Hoffer introduced him to niacin. He began taking it and experienced significant recovery of some of the crippling disabilities he acquired when interred. Niacin was administered to numerous other prisoners of war who experienced similar recovery. Dr. Hoffer pondered, Every human exposed to severe stress and malnutrition for a long enough period of time will develop a permanent need for large amounts of this vitamin and perhaps several others. This is happening on a large scale in Africa where the combination of starvation, malnutrition, and brutality is reproducing the conditions suffered by the war veterans. Those who survive will be permanently damaged biochemically and will remain a burden to themselves and the community where they live. Will society have the good sense 
to help them recover by making this vitamin available to them in optimum doses. And I, I have to personally be pessimistic. I doubt it. I don't, I don't think that society is so wise. Anti-aging mechanism. It is hypothesized to promote mitochondrial biogenesis and DNA repair. Niacin also helps repair DNA and the production of hormones by the adrenal gland. A 2014 UK paper stated in regards to its anti-aging and cognition affecting properties. Meat offers significant sourcing challenges and lack causes a deficiency of nicotinamide and tryptophan and consequently the energy carrier nicotinamide adenine dimnichloride that gets consumed in regulatory circuits important for survival, resulting in premature aging, poor cognition, and brain atrophy. We propose a hypothetical hypervitaminosis B3, that's niacin, as the trade-off for increased brain power and longevity, a recently evolved human characteristic. Women's bodies naturally convert more tryptophan into niacin than men's. Dr. Hoffman hypothesizes that this is evidence of niacin's anti-aging properties. Quote, women on average live longer than men. It has been shown for men that giving them niacin increases their longevity. Is the increased longevity in women the result of greater conversion of tryptophan into niacin under the stimulus of their increase in estrogen production? Interesting. Uh, it's worth, worth experimenting with, right? Obesity versus anti-aging. However, there's some debate in regards to its anti-aging properties. A 2003 paper, Key Gene for Life Extension by Calorie Restriction, identified, stated, researchers at Harvard Medical School have discovered that a gene in yeast is a key regulator of lifespan. The gene PNC1 is the first that has been shown to respond specifically to environmental factors known to affect lifespan in many organisms. Sinclair's group previously found that nicotinamide acts as an inhibitor of SIR2, the founding member of a family of proteins that control cell survival and lifespan. A 2010 Delane University paper, chronic niacin overload may be involved in the increased prevalence of obesity in, the, in U.S. children, concluded. The appetite-stimulating effect of nicotinamide appears to be involving oxidative stress. Excess niacin consumption may be a major factor in the increased obesity prevalence in U.S. children. It's been firmly established in the arena of anti-aging that calorie restriction increases 
longevity. It would seem that niacin works to counter that, while its anti-aging benefit probably outweighs its cost. It's probably not the best long-term longevity supplementation option, especially if you are already at risk for obesity. If you're otherwise healthy, skinny person like I am, go for it. Cognition. The conclusion I've reached is that B3 has weaker evidence of being a true nootropic. Of the 400 human clinical studies, only a handful mentioned cognition. And of those, few had any strong statements where the researchers concluded that it made a big difference in the cognition of the human subjects. The majority of the studies mentioning nootropic effects were speaking about taking niacin in combination with other B vitamins. A 2013 Mount Sinai School of Medicine study stated, our studies suggested that dietary treatment with nicotinamide riboside may benefit Alzheimer's disease, cognitive function, and synaptic plasticity. I, so based upon looking at a couple of these, I remain skeptical that it individually has nootropic value as an enhancing agent for otherwise healthy people. Verse cholesterol. Its most popular usage is lowering high cholesterol. It's also good for circulation issues. Niacinamide is also used in combination with vitamin C for cancer therapy. Anxiety. The endogenic nicotinamide has a tranquilizing and stress protective activity. There's no studies linking niacin and anxiety. However, you'll find numerous anecdotal reports online of niacin helping the chronically anxious. To quote Turnbuckle, I took B3 every day for decades and found it was good for both mood and mental acuity. Hunger. Due to a complex interaction with the glucose system, a strong desire to eat is commonly reported as an effect of supplementation. Exeva had a useful insight on this. Regarding hunger or lack of appetite, it depends upon the circumstance. If you're fasting or on a low-carb diet with low calories, this means that you're running on fat. In this case, sudden clearance of free fatty acids from the bloodstream will result in insane hunger and will greatly upregulate autophagy. For this reason, he recommended staying away from niacin during a fast. As little as 500 milligrams of niacinamide can apparently bring on these cravings. This hunger is apparently really unpleasant for some. Hebe reported, I simply cannot tolerate the insatiable hunger brought on by higher doses of niacinamide. This makes this vitamin a good option for those trying to gain weight, but is obviously a concern for those who 
<laughs> don't want to gain weight. Inositol, hexonicotinate, is often described as no-flush niacin, and it has 25 articles of scientific literature published. The primary difference between this and the other forms of niacin is that inositol hexonicotinate releases much slower, reaching peak plasma levels as much as six hours after dosing. So that might be useful, might be worth spending a little bit of extra money on just for convenience sake. Picamillin, a combination of niacin and GABA developed in 1969, is another nootropic from behind the Iron Curtain. Picamillon is less studied with around 20 results on PubMed and a handful of human studies. In Russia, it's a prescription drug used to treat these illnesses, isochemic stroke, depression, migraine, acute alcohol intoxication, and senile psychosis. It's not a very hardcore smart drug. According to users, it's more of a tranquilizing agent, frequently compared with phenibut or L-theanine. The food sources of niacin are fish, uh, yellow fish, tuna, uh, specifically chicken and turkey, uh, specifically cooked chicken breast, pork, uh, cooked lean chop, liver, cooked lamb liver, mushrooms, such as grilled portobello, ooh, that sounds good, green peas, which are fresh, and coffee. One cup of coffee apparently contains half a, half a milligram, so not, not a whole lot. It's synthesized, again, like I said, from tryptophan. Niacin and niacinamide are water-soluble, so when taken in pill form, also have a drink of water. Let's talk about the cost. With the exception of NAD plus and picamillin, it's quite an affordable supplement. Niacin is nine bucks for 1,000 milligram for 120 1,000 milligram capsules. Niacinamide is nine bucks for it's it's about the same price. And then if you want to get it powdered, which I haven't tried this powdered, so I can't report what its taste is like, it's $19 for 500 grams, which is a whole lot. If you were going to pick up NAD+, that's $22 for a 30 of 100 milligrams. That's, that's quite pricey. And then the non-flush niacin comes at about 12 bucks for 100, 800 milligram capsules, and then uh, picamillon is a bit more expensive. Regarding dosage, you're going to want to check out the dosage infographic on my meta-analysis article, which I'll link below this. Unsurprisingly, though, there's some debate here as well. The range that's recommended for healthy people is between 500 to 1500 milligrams and then between 
1.5 to 3.5 grams for treating alcoholism and schizophrenia. Some literature advises against taking over 3.5 grams daily of niacin, but Dr. Hoffer describes uh, schizophrenics taking as much as 10 grams of niacin and 30 grams of nicotinic acid daily. So again, probably part of the reason why there's some some contention over Dr. Hoffer. Side effects may include diarrhea, dizziness, headache, itching, nausea, stomach upset, temporary feeling of warmth or flushing of the skin. Consuming over three and a half grams daily can result in a host of nasty conditions like irregular heartbeat, liver disease, increased risk of stroke and digestive tract issues. The urine test myth. Apparently, there's this urban legend that large doses of B3 will mask the traces of narcotic drugs in a urine test. And this is not true. And significant amounts of B3 can cause organ failures. Apparently, there's multiple cases of dumbasses out there who were trying to pass their drug tests and they ended up hurting themselves this way. So don't be one of them. In conclusion, I'm going to categorize vitamin B3 as a nootropic, definitely worth trying to fix a serious issue like alcoholism, schizophrenia, and anxiety. It's anti-aging benefits you can get more directly from supplementing NAD plus though. I'm definitely going to try it myself, but at this point I don't see sufficient evidence for me to recommend it as something for otherwise healthy people to use for performance enhancement or anti-aging. I hope you found this meta-analysis of this uh, of this vitamin interesting and helpful, and I look forward to an ongoing conversation with you. Legal notices. If you or someone you know developed or created a concept, piece of content, or idea shared on this show, please email us at info at limitlessmindset.com so we can mention them in the show notes or provide a backlink. We want to give credit where credit is due. As a listener to the Limitless Mindset Podcast, we hope you have and practice common sense. However, since some of the content covered in this show deals with subjects of a health, legal, or business nature, this show is for entertainment purposes. If you need recommendations of doctors, nutritionists, or attorneys to consult before making decisions that may have health or legal repercussions, please email us at info at limitlessmindset.com.